0: Well, gather around, everybody! It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hello. So uh, we are minus Farhan Hasan again today. I couldn't,
1: we'll... I couldn't find him. I looked very hard.
0: You looked. No, nah, nah, wow. I mean, kind of looked. He actually got in touch with me this week. Oh yeah, tell me yeah. about it. Well, he sent me this text. It said, "Ride free, take risks." Right. <laughs> so. <laughs> At first, I thought maybe it was some sort of cryptic fantasy message you right. know, about you know taking risks, but I couldn't figure out the ride-free part. So I did some digging, and I found out that's a phrase connected with the motorcycle rally in Sturgis. Oh,
1: you think Farhan is uh, hitting the open road?
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, I know Farhan does like to wear leather. He does. Um, so, but I, I did not know him to be a biker, uh, but so it's unclear to me if he's there taking part in the rally, is he there doing some sort of research? I'm, I'm just not sure, but I'm pretty sure he's in Sturgis, South Dakota.
1: Yeah. You know, his, he likes to wear leather, but like, you know, I'm not sure it's tied to motorcycle racing. I'm just not entirely sure about that. So, I can't speak to that either. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, I, again, I heard a different story. Oh, what'd you hear? Let's, let's be honest. I didn't hear his story. Um, I actually saw him.
0: From oh. A yeah.
1: So just, there's a, while you're gone, there was a, like a, a neighborhood garage sale. Okay. And uh, I, I saw him garage sales shopping and uh, I talked to him and he said that he was looking for a number one fan button. <laughs> But that's, but but that's not it. So he's only, so he was concerned you'd only pay for half the shipping, you know? Yeah. So, so he was also working with some kind of performance group to pay for the other half of the shipping. Oh, okay. Uh, He says they do improv. They call themselves hot cops. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Okay. That's what I, that's what, that's what he was saying at least. Yeah. Well,
0: we have uh, a good show for you today. A great show. We actually are talking about uh, kind of short timers is maybe the best way. Old timers? Maybe old timers and yeah. short timers. These are, These are guys that have been around the league for a while. They maybe are... Their, their
1: highlight reels are silent film.
0: <laughs> yeah, they've been around <laughs> that long. Um, but they're guys that may be you know, on their way out of the leagues and on, our, on their way out of our fantasy hearts. But they still might have one or two years left in them that could put you over the edge for a fantasy championship. So we're going to be touching on those guys here in a minute after a little bit of news. Uh, Sean, I heard there was some big news while I was gone up in the Boundary Waters about Darius.
1: Uh, <laughs> you made me think there's news up in the Boundary Waters. There's no news in the Boundary Waters. No. But yes, so Darius Geis um, got cut for the people that don't know I'm a, I'm a criminal defense attorney and I don't like to um, presume anybody guilty of anything. I, I will say um, the charges against him are pretty serious. And I do know that the report lists three separate offense dates, um, which means to me that there's, they probably have um, some uh, evidence on if it's video or something like that. If you, if you have Darius guys, um, I, I he, he, there's a chance that he he gets cleared here and returns to play, but it's not something I, I'd bank on. And, and again, uh, NFL teams are going to have to decide uh, like they had to with um, Kareem Hunt and other people if they want this guy in, and he hasn't done anything to right. prove himself.
0: So, yeah, what's going to happen in Washington now then?
1: Well, stay tuned. We'll talk about that a little bit later with a, with an old-timer that's on there. But there's there are basically – four possible replacements for a go to back on that team. I see Peyton Barber, Bryce love Adrian Peterson and Antonio Gibson. I have my reasons for believing in one of them over the others. Nice. We'll look forward to that.
0: Um, just another, well, maybe not. Yeah. Another victory lap for, uh, for yes. the steel pod here. Um, it was announced that uh, Rojo is going to be the lead back in Tampa, at least to start the season. Um, we, Sean and I have, have moved along the spectrum there over the course of this off season and both ended up feeling pretty good about him at this point. So, um, yeah, feel, feel good about uh, nailing that one, at least at this point in time.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess we have to be concerned if he can hold that job, but I think, uh, I, you know, I haven't seen, I think the, the case for him remaining in that job for, for a while are, is pretty strong. Um, yeah. Another thing that kind of came out here is the NFL and the players agreed to coronavirus rules. Uh, I took a look at them because I think this is going to, our last episode was about how to, how to COVID proof your league. Um, And I I at least expressed that I thought the strongest or the the strongest odds were that they wouldn't be able to finish the year. I'm, I'm down that back a little bit um, for two reasons. One, if you actually look at what they're doing, they're it's pretty in, extensive. They actually have um, rules on social distancing. Um, they have they're giving everybody like electronic monitoring devices so that it will beep at them if they're too close to each other. Um, and they can hmm. they can contact trace. They, they and they actually have. And <laughs> the rest of the country might be wondering why we can't have all this, but they've have, they they have put on on-site testing, not meaning that they can actually swab the players as they enter the facility test it and get an instant result wow yeah so so for the, those of us who are mortal might have to wait for <laughs> 10 days to get a result well those um, of us that aren't part of a billion, billion multi-billion dollar right. industry yeah. but so so those are reasons why i think that they actually might be able to pull this off they're going to have some hiccups but it seems to be better than the Major League Baseball. Non, it's not non-bubble. It's not, nothing like what the NBA and NHL are doing, which are, I think um, they've been really, really, really good about. Um, but I'm a little more optimistic than I was. Uh, and then the other thing that is that multiple players have also said they basically expect if there's an outbreak, they're just going to have teams forfeit if they can't field the lineup. The, oh, wow. so yeah so um richard sherman was one of them he basically said yeah don't expect this train to stop running it's going to run and i think some of that has to do with uh, his perspective about the power dynamics between the owners and the players and um so some of that is i guess opinion mixed in there um but what richard sherman is talking about is is also the reality for NFL players. And I think that there's a significant possibility that yeah, they if you can't field the full lineup or using your you know, the available guys that you could call up, um, you they might your team might your NFL team might get a forfeit, which for us is gonna be like it reemphasizes having those emergency player rules that we talked about last week, because <laughs> your player might be healthy. You might have um you know, Ezekiel Elliott ready to go and he's healthy. He's already been through it. The Cowboys can't fill the full lineup and so he doesn't play. That's one other possibility. So just be prepared for that's for having things that, that are even crazier than the things we talked about last week.
0: Yep, it's gonna be a wild ride. Uh Jordan Reed signed a contract in San Francisco. Um who? <laughs> Oh, it's just so sad. He's such a talented guy and just can't stay healthy. Uh, I'm a Kittle owner. Um, I really don't think this impacts Kittle's value, boy, at all, really. I just don't see that happening. But, I mean, it is another tight end on the roster.
1: I mean, I, I think it. the only reason, it, like, it doesn't make Kittle into anything. anything. He's still one of the very best, period, period, period. Right. I think it might increase the chances that they'll do 12 personnel, especially with Debo out, because they're going to have a decision between, hey, are we putting Jordan Reed on the field, or are we putting Dante Pettis on the field? I don't know. I probably would put Jordan Reed on the field. Right. So I, I see that uh, as being a, a greater issue. Um, I also, but I do think, I mean, the Kittle's volume is just unbelievable, and it's probably going to come down a little bit anyway. So I think this, this might drop a little bit. Um, but I honestly, Jordan Reed might not even be able to make it through five weeks of the season anyway. Right.
0: Sean, you had some thoughts. Um, there's some college players that are now opting out if we do have a college season. It's just
1: so, so one of my personal favorite players is Rashad Bateman and he's out. And as a gopher fan, I'm really disappointed, but he's not the only other one. Rondale Moore is out. There's some other guys that are opting out. Um, I look at this and I think, okay, uh, someone asked me the question of whether I thought this, um, increased or decreased the value of 2021 picks. And I said, you know, it does, it increases the value of 2021 second round picks because you're going to have less information to make the decisions and more, you're more likely to miss in the first round next year. So the, so the, I think 2021 second round picks are a thing that are going to increase in value simply because, There's going to be some players that are going to slide just because you haven't seen them in a year. Now, that's all presuming that anybody plays in this year. And I know the Big Ten is, by the time this comes out, they may have decided to not play. If Big Ten doesn't play, a lot of other conferences might not play. So we might be going completely blind next year on all these players, in which case, again, second round picks are going to be worth more because you're just going to have more Less information, I guess. Um, more uncertainty. Right. And
0: we'll tell you when we're right, of course. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll try to have the integrity to tell you when we're wrong sometimes, too. But um, just some other bit of news that came out is that the NFL uh, has decided not to count player contracts that have opted out of the season against the cap. And that is the advice that we gave to you on the last episode as well as to not count those contracts. Great against, minds think alike. Against the cap, I think unless was that unless the owner wanted that to happen or did we just decide, don't count it. Period. Um, I in think fantasy it, it, terms, it
1: just it depends on whether the opt out. I think it we gave the owners a choice about whether to run the contract or not run the contract. Right. You want you want to you want to defer the contract by a year. You want to toll it. Then it didn't count. But if you wanted, if you just decided that you wanted a contract run because you wanted to get out from underneath the contract, it had to count against the cap in that situation. Sure. So it's
0: a little bit different in the fantasy world. But anyway, speaking of apologies or
1: being wrong. Well, yeah, we got one thing that I wanted to discuss briefly. A couple weeks ago, we had a discussion about. Uh, who was right and who was wrong about how to pronounce DeAndre Hopkins' nickname? Do you remember this? Yeah, I do. Because you're saying it wrong. <laughs> so, so here's some things so I wanted to say. I did some research, right? This is one thing I do. I did I did a little research, and one of us or one person is clearly wrong. Yes. One. Per- okay. So, so I actually got it from DeAndre Hopkins himself. Oh wow. Yeah. You're Close personal friends. I just watched a video. Okay. <laughs> uh, so when he was a baby. He always had to have a pacifier, and apparently it had to be a Nook pacifier. I'm liking where this is going. So his mom named him after the pacifier. I did not know this. I did not know this story. So he was Nook growing up. And I actually went to the, I actually verified that that's actually how you pronounce the pacifier from that company. I know my pacifier. You pacifier. I mean, yes, no doubt. (laughs) But, uh oh. Yeah. Hopkins himself has said that his nickname is pronounced Nuke, which is why his Twitter handle is Nuke DeBomb. Mm-hmm. So the answer is that I am clearly right, and DeAndre Hopkins' mom is clearly wrong. <laughs> You're somewhere in the middle. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. As long as I'm not wrong. He will... he does say Nuke. uh. He, it's well known that that's actually just a mispronunciation of what it was supposed to be.
0: You, you mean know. the pacifier?
1: No, no, his oh, mom. Okay. His mom. His mom. No, she cool. named him after the pacifier. That's Nook. Right, but she called him Nuke. Oh, she did. She, yeah, she calls him Nuke. Yeah, that's my point. So, so the uh, point is that she doesn't know how to pronounce the pacifier name. I gotcha. Or she just thought it was a cooler name. Well, I it know. is way cooler. It than is Nook. way cooler than Nook. Yeah, for sure.
0: All right, so I mentioned at the top of the show, we're going to be talking about short-time maybe one-year players on your team. So, just kind of a philosophical lead-in to this discussion. These are not players you're investing in even though you're on a or playing in a dynasty style league here when we play salary cap. Um, these are just the guys you're one player short. You think you're you're one superstar away from winning the championship and you might be able
1: to get these guys
0: without giving up
1: an arm and a leg for them and they're not always going to be superstars but like yeah but a, a, a player that you can plug in that is going to help you win games i guess whether they are a, a solid wide receiver three you know it does not isn't we're not talking about christian mccaffrey
0: Right. So ideally, you know, you're kind of using your leftover money that you have, given that you've got a team that's ready to compete. Like I said, you're not trading away future assets or anything for, for these players here. So one of the things you have to decide is, is your team ready to compete this year? And if so, then these players might make sense for you. Or... It's hard to know if your team is actually ready to compete. And sometimes the best teams don't win the, don't win the championship every year.
1: Yeah, we have a guy in our league who, whose philosophy pretty much is to, is to reload every year. And he has no problem grabbing players like this. He's been on the podcast before. His name's Eddie. He has no problem basically filling out his roster with not just one of these guys, but like three or four of these guys and just churn and burn. Oh, copyright uh, Johnny from Detroit. Copyright Johnny from Detroit. Turn and burn through him and, and, and just, you know, you can do it. And he's he's been successful. He's he's won a couple championships. And, uh, you know, he, he's paired up some of these, these kind of older one-year players with a few, you know, um, significant investments like uh, DeAndre Hopkins, like Nuke, but uh but it's worked for him and so you can you can view this as this is another way to play
0: right so getting into that we have organized this by position basically we'll start with the quarterbacks unless you wanted to go backwards today sean (laughs) i feel like we always start with quarterbacks but
1: yeah but i think you know so actually i would start with quarterbacks and start with quarterbacks actually not just because we always start with quarterbacks but because I think it's a position where it's pretty common that you've built a team and you're missing – I see this all the time. I'm just missing a quarterback, even in a one-quarterback league. So it's a real – it's not like one of these positions where you oftentimes have to balance out a couple different factors, um, especially if you have like a lot of flex play and whatnot. Um, Pretty much with quarterbacks, it's either this guy or that guy or that guy or that guy, and I think that that makes it easier to start with.
0: Sure. So, um, I think everybody on our list is at least 38 years old. So for the quarterbacks, yeah. yeah, Like I mentioned, they are short timers. They're on their way out, but they might still pack a punch while they're here. The first guy on our list. Now I should say, and having said that not everybody that we're going to discuss, we actually feel good about, uh, (laughs) we're, we're bringing up guys who you think or we think may fall into that category but some of these guys we ended up as we did the research or sean actually did the research we ended up not really liking these guys uh to fit into what we're
1: maybe maybe if you're this is a guy if you've got a choice between a couple different guys some of them are are guys you're going to say no to i'd rather put my money for towards a different player that i can get for around the same same salary um and uh or make a trade sometimes this is not always just about an auction sometimes it's, it's this guy is on a roster of a of a player that's has no chance of contending and they they'd like to have a even a third round draft pick for one of these old people and uh um you know the, whether it's worth it to to give that pick to acquire uh, a Band-Aid for the year um some of them will will, will be good bets and some of them won't Right so
0: the first guy on our list is Tom Brady. on A new team, a new uh a new outlook on life. 43-year-old Tom Brady. On the plus side, he's Tom freaking Brady. Yes. Yeah. He's what he's the goat probably. The goat. <laughs> Although Breeze is uh he's he's making
1: a case for himself. But Breeze doesn't have I he mean, doesn't Brady have the, the, the championship. Yeah. Like everybody. Tom Brady is he's a you know, he's one of those people that will be be remembered for 50 years right it's
0: actually uh enjoy it while you got it folks because he's he's going to be a legendary figure even if you hate him still enjoy it exactly he is playing this year with arguably the best wide receiver Corey's ever had uh he's got a couple of excellent tight ends in town um so those are things that are that are in the bright spot category for tom brady there are some minuses too though he is playing a new offense so he's even though he's Tom Brady, it's not like that old glove that he used to wear in, in New England, right?
1: Right, uh, yeah.
0: Uh, the offensive line in Tampa is not as good as the line he was playing behind in New England. And, Sean, this is where maybe I'll turn it over to you. You did some research on uh, things like completion percentage uh, yeah. for Tom Brady so,
1: last year. So for all these quarterbacks, I, I looked at a whole range of different factors, and, and the things that jumped out off the page for me with Tom Brady is he's been really consistent for for most of his career last year stood out and and it stood out in a couple of bad ways one his completion percentage was down his td percentage was down his yards were down his yards per attempt were way down so those are those are some things that i thought didn't look like um the metrics didn't look Consistent with, with what we had seen from Tom Brady. I also didn't think, just from watching him, I didn't think he looked the same. I don't know about you, but to me he looked... Um, he's always been a master at the short game with some occasional deep throws. I thought his short throws were less accurate. Um, I thought he made a lot of dumb throws. I thought he made a lot of... I can't believe you said that about Tom Brady. Well... Just last year, that's that's why right. it stood out as different. Like right. he he did more things. He would look at you like scratching your head, and you'd say that that's not that's not a Tom Brady play. He just kind of you know that's that's a Vinnie Testaverde play, right? I mean that's like kind of a, a Tony Romo play. Um, yeah, so, but 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 Brett Favre says nothing's changed, right? Yeah, and so my problem with that, I, I read I read that Brett Favre said that he's, he didn't have any declining skills, and and he wasn't the only only one my problem with that is as a Vikings fan, I'm not sure that Brett Favre would recognize declining skills. Like he, he had it one year and then he didn't have it the next year. And, um, so my, my take on Brady is, um, if he's, he's, he's fine. Part-time quarterback. You're likely are going to have to pay more than that for him. So uh, if, if you're, if you basically can get him cheap and, and, you can pair him up with another quarterback and you can maybe play week to week and see how that situation unfolds. But I don't think you'd ever want to go into the season with Tom Brady as your guy. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. I I
0: agree with you that you're not going to be able to get him very cheap. I think there's a lot of Tom Brady hype this year. People are loving his new, his new home and his new line and his new receivers. So I'm guessing you're going to have to pay more for him than he's going to be worth. But, Let's move on. Maybe we've got somebody yeah, who's so, the opposite. Drew I, I want to talk about Drew Brees. Yeah. yeah.
1: So Drew Brees is another guy that because again, we were in Minnesota, we watched him in the playoff game, and, and uh he didn't look good against the Vikings in that playoff game. Um and so yeah. I started thinking, okay, are we seeing the beginning of the end of Drew Brees as well? Um so here are the pluses. Pluses, he's in a super dynamic offense. Um, he's still extremely accurate on short throws. Um, he now has a second wide receiver with Emmanuel Sanders there. Sanders is one of my favorite players. Yeah, I know. <laughs> do you have his jersey? I sure do. Yeah. I I, I, I had
0: him. <laughs> I wear it to bed at night. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs>
1: That's a little TMI. <laughs> um, and so he's got a, a, a tight end that is a good receiving tight end. Minuses, uh, Taysom Hill is there, and Taysom Hill will Will come in and spell him and make a couple plays, uh, sometimes on the goal line, sometimes, you know, just when they want to uh, mix things up a little bit. He's old. Taysom Hill almost makes this list, right? Isn't he like 30 something? He's he's actually, yeah, he's way older than I thought he right. was. But he does not, no, he doesn't make this list. He
0: feels like a rookie to me, who's like a 31 year old rookie or something. Right, yeah. right,
1: right, right. He's like still like living in his parents' basement. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Brees is old. He he got injured last year, and sometimes when you see an older guy get injured, you wonder if he's going to come back, and there's this perception that he's fading. So I actually looked at the numbers, believe it or not. Last three years, so this is 2017, 2018, 2019, extremely consistent with his numbers. Basically, he led the NFL in, in passing completion percentage, 72, 74, 74%. Um, passing yards, he... Um, 20, 270, 266, 270. So uh, n- no drop at all. No increase in interceptions. Still about 1% of his passes are picked so off. So good. So good. His yards per pass completion uh, is has been fully maintained throughout that time. I don't see any sign that his arm strength is fading. Um, and his TD percentage actually went up. So he is intent on setting records that Tom Brady can't catch. And I think that's – he's just – that's why we might call him
0: the goat one day.
1: I think we, that's why we might call him the goat one day. He just has to win, what, like five championships now? Yeah. Well, he's got five or more years maybe left. Anyway, my point is, if you need a number one quarterback and you don't care about the future, sign Drew Brees as your number one quarterback. You sign him as a free agent, make a trade for him, get him on your roster. He is. There's no reason to think that he's fading, and he, um, I think he can provide you know great value this year.
0: All right, Phillip Rivers, he's 38 now. He'll be 39 as the season goes on. He is playing behind the best offensive line he's ever had. Uh, He now has not only a good running game, but he has a two-headed running back monster behind him this year. Um, He has a dedicated receiving back in Naheem Hines, and he also has the sure-handed and excellent route-running T.Y. Hilton. Um, He can be the new, hopefully, Keenan Allen for Phillip Rivers, if you're a Philip Rivers fan, that is. Um, here are the minuses, though, for Rivers in Indy this year. His beyond uh, Hilton, the wide receivers are pretty inexperienced in Indy, and as I mentioned with Tom Brady, he is learning that new offense, which is, you know, it's it's a thing. When when you've played in an offense for a number of years, you don't really have to think about it. He's going to be thinking about it a little bit from time to time, at least. In uh, in this new offense, and if you've watched Philip Rivers play, he does not look the same. His arm looks like he's tossing what is what do we say? Frozen turkeys. <laughs> I don't
1: know. I think you could just coined that phrase. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does look like he's throwing frozen turkeys. He's out always there. looked weird, though. He's mm-hmm. as a rookie, he threw weird, but like now, I think it's just not working with his arm strength. Sure. So. We
0: are just—we're uh, recommending that you, if you sign him at all, sign him as a backup. He's not one of these one-year guys that's going to put you over the edge and win no. you a championship.
1: It's, the thing is about his his arm is it doesn't look just look wrong. It it shows in the numbers, right? His yards per pass attempt are down, his TD percentage is down, his interceptions are up. So uh, it, it's not just your eyes. Your eyes are are actually seeing something, and it's confirmed in the numbers. So avoid Phil Rivers. Right. And
0: one final, uh, aging quarterback here and Ben Roethlisberger, he's 38. Um, he might have a few more years left in him
1: possible. You might have to pay for that though.
0: Exactly. So, um, in terms of pluses, his arm injury looks like he's doing fine. He posted some stuff on uh, Twitter and Instagram recently showing him throwing the ball. Well, um, as typical, the Steelers have heavily invested in wide receivers the kind of wide receiver you—I don't know what the uh, the comparison would be in terms of NFL teams, but they always seem to draft wide receivers yeah. well. Um, and they've—it's actually not that. as well
1: as people say though, because people forget the busts. People—I mean, like if if you go back into it, there's yes, there's Mike Wallace and and there's uh, you know some of these other guys that that you go back and they've drafted these guys and turned them into have been good, but there's also your you know Marcus Wheatons that people forget about. Who? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: um, he also has running backs that can catch the ball. Connor's a good receiver. Um, McFarland, that they just drafted this year, can catch the ball. Uh, Jalen Samuels is also a good receiver. Yeah, so former tight end. He's he's not going to have any uh, any lack of targets there in uh, in Pittsburgh to throw the ball to. Well, <laughs> given your. Your lack of love for Juju, Sean.
1: You might take exception. No, but the thing is about Juju. My my problem with Juju isn't. I don't think he's a bad football player. I just think people are rating him way, way, way too high. Right. Mm -hmm. So would Juju actually, especially in the slot, would Juju actually help uh, Ben Roethlisberger? I think absolutely. I think he's a really good slot receiver. Gotcha. All right. So last, I think it was last
0: week, Sean. You did the uh, the voice inside your head okay okay i'm gonna i'm gonna do a little voice inside my head (laughs) okay okay um hey but doesn't doesn't ben roethlisberger take a ton of hits and and isn't he only good at home and he's got to be breaking down because he takes so many hits right
1: yep isn't that i think that's what people have been saying right that's what that's what my head is saying apparently Mm. i just just gave you insight so do you want me to tell you what the reality is sure so the hits thing I remember vividly and I've been playing this game a long time. And, uh, so I actually went and looked, um, his sack percentage is like drew breeze. Now, like in the beginning of his career, like 10% of plays he'd get sacked on. Um, and, but it's, he's dropped that. So, uh, and now it's down like 3%, which is like drew Breeze, which means you basically rarely get sacked. Um, and his uh, uh, there used to be this 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 idea that he would hold onto the ball forever to to throw these deep passes all the time. Again, his game has evolved. So so he is Ben Roethlisberger in twenty twenty is not Ben Roethlisberger in twenty ten. And I think that, I think that actually bodes well for him completing the season. As far as the home and away thing, uh, it's true, kinda. Basically, from 24 to 2016, it was totally true. He he averaged 12 more touchdowns a year at home the, each of those three years. So that's like a total of 36 more touchdowns at home. So a, the yards are always pretty similar, but the touchdowns were the big thing. However, that's just three years. If you look at his entire career, it's not true. It's basically been even. So you know, if you start in the beginning, he started out actually doing much better on the road. So if you look at his total career arc, he does – it is moving in the towards being a better quarterback at home, um, but I don't think you necessarily have to think just because in those years you couldn't play him uh, on the road and he was a superstar at home, that's not necessarily true. I came to the conclusion that he's a great guy to pair with another guy, and pairing him with Tom Brady, uh, if you look at their bye weeks and whatnot, it's a nice fit. So if you those guys are both available and you and you can get them, uh, and you want to have a uh, a relatively cheap quarterback uh, situation for that's just good for this year, a nice Band-Aid, like you might pair those two quarterbacks together. All right. Yeah, I had
0: uh, Roethlisberger, and t- you mentioned his three years where he was, was a really big split. <laughs>
1: Is that when you had him?
0: Yeah, I had him in 2015. I won the championship in my redraft league that year,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but I remember just being really frustrated with Roethlisberger that year because – well, early on, actually, and I ended up figuring out like I just couldn't start him if he was on the road. But, right, but that's not the case anymore. So we got to keep that in mind. All right, moving on to the running backs. These running backs are thirty plus. Uh, how about Adrian Peterson? We mentioned him at the new uh, top of the show during the news,
1: um, with Darius Geis being cut from the Washington Football Team. So I did this the this whole thing about Adrian Peterson here without knowing that Darius Geis was going to be cut um and i still came away with get adrian peterson even uh, before he was even cut. before he got cut and i was when the news broke i was like darn it they're stepping on my touchdown call Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, because now everybody knows that darius Geis is is not something you want to invest in and we, we talked about geist before I, I i've not been a big geist guy but um I don't know I don't know that he was ever gonna be the, the at least for this year, wasn't gonna even if it's on the team, I don't think he was gonna necessarily be the, the primary back. Mostly because Adrian Peterson doesn't like to share the ball. Remember he like got really mad when he was when or frustrated maybe is the bright word when he was in New Orleans. And like you could see it a mile away, like he's not gonna to want to share carries and that's how that thing shook out and they ended up trading him. I was actually presuming if Washington decided Washington decides they wanna go with Geist that they're gonna trade A P. But now they're not going to trade AP. He's not the perfect fit for uh, what Rivera likes to do on offense, but he's a couple things. Um, First of all, he was more productive than Geis last year. If you just look at the games when Geis and AP were both on the field, AP was more productive back. Um, But here's – I started thinking about what what does Rivera think about AP, right? So um, Washington hires him in January. Uh, February, Rivera picks up AP's option. There's a team option. He didn't have to pick it up. He did pick it up. Then Rivera drafted Gibson, who we'll also talk about a little bit, but Gibson is basically, I see it as a project. He's a project player. There's no way Gibson's going to come in and start this year. Um, and then uh, a, Rivera was quoted as saying that AP was looking younger than ever in June. So, so I think that Rivera basically has decided that AP is going to be his back this year. Um, so other alternatives on the roster, I, we, we tease in the beginning, um, Peyton Barber, he's terrible. He blows. Don't, like, you don't need to worry about that guy at all. The only person that needs to worry about that guy is Rojo. Um, love, right? Um, love is, uh, Bryce love, Bryce love. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not, this isn't a philosophical statement. <laughs> oh, okay. Love is patient. Love is kind. share, sure, You know, when you're talking, <clears throat> no about love, uh, Bryce love, is a really intriguing player. Actually, I think he fits what Ron Rivera wants to do. Um, he's unproven. He's intriguing. I just don't, I don't see him as being ready for the workload. I think he's a guy that may get a good chance next year, 2021. Uh, Gibson barely knows the position. I don't think they drafted Gibson to be the guy, the primary running back. I think I've always seen him as a guy who is going to, be a swiss army knife type player who's going to come in he can run the ball he can catch the ball he can return some kicks he, he can you know,
0: take a cork out of a bottle he can take the cork
1: out of might a bottle. have a
0: tweezers in there
1: he, he, he might have a <laughs> I'm tweezers s- i'm sorry no but you no, but you could but like you could see him coming in on the goal line and and do some kind of like no quarterback play right so um that that's where I see Gibson and whether that results in fantasy value is a different question. If you're talking about primary running back, it's going to be Adrian Peterson, uh, JD McKissick. I don't even have to mention him really. He's just Too he, late. He, he, he fits in the Chris Thompson role. Um, is a good pair uh, pairing with AP because AP really doesn't catch at all. So right. um, was AP good last year? this is the, the other part of this so whether he's going to be the primary guy was he good okay so last year um ap's always been an excellent goal line runner keep that in mind um he didn't score a lot last year a lot of that has to do with the offense that he was in um he had four touchdowns in his last five games however um so he's his two seasons in washington he's averaged 4.3 yards per carry so that's still pretty good um that's right in the middle uh, for NFL running backs. Um, more efficient than the following guys. Ready?
0: And when you say that, Sean, what do you mean by efficient?
1: I just like how many yards per carry they get. Okay. Right? Like you give them the ball, how efficiently are they going to give you yards? Right? Okay. All right. So he's, he was more efficient than some of these guys are going to be like, you remember the year last year, and you're going to think, oh, of course, right? Carry on Johnson, Le'Veon Bell, Tevin Coleman, Sonny Michelle. Ronald Jones, mm-hmm. James Conner, mm. David Montgomery, mm-hmm. Austin Eckler, really, Todd Gurley, Melvin Gordon, and Joe Mixon. Wow! So you can make excuses for Joe Mixon and say, "Well, he's he's the world's he's the best running back, and he's just on this terrible Cincinnati team." But you want to know who else also played on a terrible offensive team? Washington, Adrian Adrian, yeah. yeah, Adrian Peterson. So for me, the issue is, is volume with Adrian Peterson. It's not talent. It's not ability. He's still he's not Adrian Peterson from 2009. Sure. But he is still um, at least a middle-of-the-road talent running back in the NFL. And if he is going to be given volume, which I think he'll be given this year, he's got to get. Also, if you look at him, if you look at it in terms of what his ADP is, you see he doesn't exist. No one wants Adrian Peterson because no one, no one thinks he, he ever thinks he's done. So he's basically free. You can get a guy right. who might be an RB two for you or an RB three at worst, and uh, for essentially nothing. So uh, he won't go for your league minimum. But but you're not going to be fighting over a bunch of guys to get Adrian Peterson on their team um, because he's perceived to be way, 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 way past his prime. I don't think he is.
0: All right, LaShawn McCoy is thirty-two. Just signed with Tampa last week. Um, do we just say no, Sean? Did you? Do we leave it at that? <laughs> well,
1: so there's a lot of people who don't know know how to sort out this this situation, and we're, we're probably going to sort out some of these situations in the future. But I I looked at what his role is going to be. We, we they've already declared Rojo as the lead back. They've already said it, right? right? Ogbonnwole, I think I said that right.
0: Ogunbunwale. Ogun Bunwali. I just, I've never tried to say it. I wanted to try it. Yeah, yeah.
1: he's he he's there to, to pass block and maybe pass catch. And I, I originally thought, well, Lashawn McCoy is a good pass catcher. Maybe he's brought in there to catch passes, but he can't pass block. Like he was rated the worst running back in the NFL at pass blocking in twenty seventeen, the worst start of thirty two starting running backs. Wow. So I mean, that doesn't mean that he can't do it. It just means that. He wasn't signed for that reason. That's not why he was signed. And and uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, maybe he's the future third down, uh, three down back on that team. So I just think LaShawn McCoy is, was brought in ultimately to spell players. He he is the new Frank Gore, who was brought in to spell him in Buffalo. I think that's his role. He's going to come in there. He's going to he'll 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 probably see one out of every four series. Give somebody a break, and that's it. It's come full circle. Yeah. Well, he's 32. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: That's not a good age for running backs. Not generally. No. Uh, All right. Speaking
1: of somebody who's getting near there.
0: Right. We have Mark Ingram. Uh, Ingram had a really good year last year. He had 1,000 yards. He was getting five yards per carry. He's on a great offense, Uh, best running offense in the league last year. Um, some minus. I'm gonna let you present the minuses.
1: Yeah, because I know you I'm and I, you and I disagree on him yeah, a little bit. Yeah, do a little bit. So um, I see. I look at that situation and I see an offensive regression coming. So I see um, Lamar Jackson throwing 36 touchdown passes with as few yards as he had, and I just see there's going to be fewer touchdown passes thrown this year. He hasn't proven that he can be an actual passer. He's just gotten a lot of touchdowns. So when I look at Ingram, he had five TD receptions last year. I think that number's coming down. Um, I uh, He's never really been a, a high-volume guy in my view. Um, he only had 13 carries a game last year. Now they bring in a dynamic rookie um, who is a basic perfect fit for the offense, and I see him doing more in the running game than Justice Hill did last year. Um, And also ultimately I see the potential rushing TDs coming down because Lamar Jackson can run the ball in and is going to run a lot of touchdowns in. Um, So um, again, I'm projecting that overall offense to score fewer touchdowns, um, and I think that he'll get a, a smaller slice of that pie.
0: All right, so here are some counterpoints. Um, You mentioned that his receiving touchdowns will come down. I'm not convinced of that. I mean, obviously that could happen, but um, those five TDs came in a new offense for Ingram. Uh, The the, uh, offensive coordinator, Greg Roman, is still there. He's in his second year there. Maybe that's just how he schemes his offense for the running back to get a lot of receiving work, especially around the goal line. So, I think it's possible that stays up there um you also mentioned uh Lamar Jackson, you think just overall his touchdowns are gonna come down again. I'm not sure we really last year was the first year we've really seen lamar jackson as a as a throwing quarterback
1: right
0: um so maybe that is what he is at least until his rushing production comes down to earth and I don't see that happening next year. So I'm just not convinced that it's a given that the receiving touchdowns are going to come down. Um, I agree with you. Generally speaking, uh, Mark Ingram has not been a, a heavy carry guy. However, he did touch the ball 18 times a game back in 2017. That includes receiving and rushing. Um, that was Kamara's rookie season. Um, so there have been years where he was heavily used in touching the ball a lot if the system called for it. Now he's got this dynamic rookie coming in, kind of like Camara, right? Um, that may or may not threaten those carries or those touches. We'll have to see. But I'm again, I'm just not sure it's a given since Ingram's best year, at least lately, came uh, during Camara's rookie season.
1: Yeah, those are good, some good points. I I, I definitely um, see that that it this is not. Like you have to see it this one particular way. I think you can look at it a couple different ways. I do think ultimately, with um, I'm comparing this last year with this year, I definitely think Dobbins is going to get more work than Justice Hill got last year. And for oh, me, for sure, and 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 so I I do see that cutting into it. It's a different player. Justice Hill is still on the team, by the way. So like he probably will get a couple carries too. Um, I view it. I don't see him as a bust. I see him as a guy who has a ceiling of about a thousand yards from scrimmage total and eight total touchdowns, which are Sony Michelle's numbers or Adrian Peterson's 2019 numbers, which means that basically a guy in the borderline between our RB two and RB three last year, he finished as an RB one with a bullet. He was awesome. Um, I just think his price His he's also young enough that his price is, is inflated. So right now, at least on the place that we look at to see what his dynasty, um, ADP is, he's running back 30. They, um, the, the, the that's, that's, that's fantasy football calculator. Right. So that's ahead of Swift, Gurley, Rojo, basically the same as Dobbins. I, I just, to me, that represents that you're going to have to pay that price for him, either in a trade or an auction. And, are, um, and so, I don't think he's worth it. When I think you can get a similar player in Adrian Peterson for free.
0: Sure. Well, yeah, I think that's a guy you're gonna have to see what's happening at your auction, or if you're trying to trade for him, you're just or gonna what's have available
1: to... in your league. Like you might, right. these other guys might not even be available. Maybe he's just the guy that you can get.
0: Right. So, uh, for me, I'd be pretty comfortable adding Ingram to my roster if I thought I was a running back
1: short. I yes. like him. I, I would. I would too. I just I would be. He would probably, if I if I had to split money in a couple of different places, instead of spending it all on Ingram, would I rather go with AP and then take that additional money and put it towards a wide receiver or something like that? It depends on your roster, but that's that's how I'd be looking at it. Sure.
0: And I was just uh, trying to look up quickly here. I think he finished the season last year as a number one running back. Oh, yeah. Back.
1: He, he was like RB five I think depending, depending on your scoring system he was he was definitely a top 10 maybe he might have been eight the lowest he was was eight I just I, I looked it up a couple of weeks yeah, ago he's eight yeah
0: yeah at uh, least uh, uh I was looking at standard scoring that's what our league uses but he's so he might have even been a little bit better in PPR
1: right yeah no I, I think I, he's for sure had a great year last year should we talk about Latavius Murray um or not really <laughs> Probably not really. No. I mean,
0: he's not going to put you over the edge unless Camara goes down. Yeah, if you right? if
1: you have Camara, I mean, and you want to handcuff a guy, and your your roster size is such that handcuffs are, are a feasible thing, he, he's. I think he's a solid handcuff, but I wouldn't ever put anything on him for any other reason. What about Devonta Freeman? What do you think about do you, Devonta Freeman? He's not. He's as far as as of right now, he's not signed anywhere. Like, could he sign with Washington? Could he sign with? I mean,
0: yeah, what do my, you think? right. My question. Um, with that, Sean is just—he really hasn't had a good season since twenty sixteen, right. twenty
1: fifteen. Twenty sixteen, he had a thousand yards in twenty sixteen.
0: Yeah, so I feel like um, he's he's living off of that that performance that year, and he really hasn't been the same guy since. So I am not. I'm not interested in him, even if he signs somewhere, at least not to be that superstar guy that puts me over the edge. I don't think he's that player I feel about him
1: the same way I I felt about Carlos Hyde. Although Carlos Hyde ended up having a pretty decent fantasy season last year. I just don't – I'm not excited about the player. And for me, my thing with Devonta Freeman is last year he had less than uh, four yards of carry. Basically, if you're under four yards per carry in the NFL – unless you do something else really well, I think your days are numbered, right? I mean, if you've got some reason, maybe you had an injury, maybe whatever, if what you do is run the football and you can't get four yards of carry, um, teams aren't going to be looking to pay you. Right. And so I just don't see, I think he had a chance. Maybe he could have signed with Tampa and been, been a decent fit there. Um, but LeSean McCoy got that job, so I don't know where he's going to go now.
0: Yeah, his agent, uh, Drew Rose, Rosenhaus, right? That's his last name? Yeah. Yeah, his agent said he was uh, looking to put Freeman on a team by late July. Uh, well, that that hasn't yeah. happened. So things aren't working out the way that Freeman
1: wanted no. them to work out. Should we talk about wide receivers? Yeah,
0: let's move on to wide receivers. Um, an, Another guy, we're f- as you probably know, we say it, often but we are in minneapolis and larry fitzgerald is one of our own yeah he grew up in richfield which is a suburb of minneapolis here so we love him he's a great guy he's been a great football player can he still give you the performance you need sean to get over
1: the over the top i mean if you want larry fitzgerald on your team because you want larry fitzgerald on your team fine but like he's not going to do anything to help you win anything he's last year he was wide receiver four or five type player and, and points per game and i think basically with nuke there or nook i think this his opportunities are going to decrease not increase so just you know, right off into the sunset yeah great player but but not for your fantasy team this year now
0: julian edelman uh he's never really been that superstar number one kind of guy anyway um but uh he might st- he's always been like i basically a wide receiver too every year of his career.
1: He's been underrated. I think he's one of these guys that consistently gets, gets discounted. I think people look at him and just don't see like, you know, a super awesome athletic player. He is, he is. Um, uh, but they don't see that. And so he's been a bargain pretty much every year of his career.
0: Is he a bargain this year? Is he's like, is he a guy <laughs> you're going to want to
1: put on your team for one know. year? So this is a guy that I go back and forth on. So, He no longer has Tom Brady. I think everybody's looking at Tom Brady and thinking, oh, Tom Brady made Julian Edelman. I mean, some of that's true, but Julian Edelman is for sure a talented guy. Um, He's apparently fully embraced Cam Newton. I saw uh, photos recently tweeted out of them, and um, I think he might be letting Cam dress him because the two of them look like. They're, They're very European, let's just say it that way, like short shorts crop tops. Yeah. It was it was not your typical football workout photo. Um I wanna know like
0: your search uh, criteria. You're finding like umbrellas over uh Arthaga Whiteside at camp. You're finding european you just, you just
1: gotta be connected into the fashion. right people, I guess. Yeah. I, I'm not searching. It's just like things pop up my feed. People think that I want to see uh Julian Edelman in a crop top, I guess well yeah <laughs> yeah so uh, I think the I think it got tweeted out because like you can see is you can see how ripped he is he's super ripped okay and so it got tweeted out like like the Josh Gordon shirtless video and uh, that was went out uh, like five years ago showed him working out while suspended it's people like to tweet those things out like look how ripped this guy is kind of a thing so cam has excelled with slot receivers going way back to Steve Smith DJ Moore um, so you, there's a reason to think that Julian Edelman could still be good with Cam Newton. He's still going to have volume. He's still the best receiver on that team. Um, but I actually think that off it's like, it's a mixed bag I think the offense will struggle. And I actually, I wonder how well Cam will fit in with Belichick. I've heard some stories about Cam not taking criticism very well. And I don't see that. I mean, I also, I heard basically that uh, Belichick used to just yell at Brady all the time. And, uh, I think Cam has not been yelled at because people know that he maybe sulks a little bit. So I think there's a possibility that that will be a, a, a source of conflict on that team. So you might see Jared Stidham playing actually by the end of the year. Anyway, um, basically he's his ADP is a wide receiver 36 for, just for his 20. Like if you're a one year play in a scratch league, which is a low end wide receiver three last year, he finished as wide wide receiver 13 overall. I don't see that far of a drop. So I think he's a guy that you can get for that same discount that you've been able to get all throughout his career for Julian Edelman. Oh, Tom Brady's gone. Nobody wants Julian Edelman. If you can get him at a wide receiver three or wide receiver four prices, you might end up with a wide receiver two. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit in on Julian Edelman for a one year play.
0: How about Deshaun Jackson? He's uh 33 going to be 34 as the season goes on. Um, he's, He's been a guy that's been hard to count on even when he's healthy, um, inconsistent, uh, and he's also been hurt. So does he have anything left in the tank, do you think, or do so, we just pass on by?
1: Uh, so I loved Deshaun Jackson. I drafted him as a rookie, um, and I, I, I loved him. And at some point in time, I realized that he wasn't helping my team win because he would have. 195 yards and then he would have two catches for 12 yards and I was losing those weeks. So um, that was the, that, that that's just the, he's the same Deshaun Jackson. The difference is um, he's, I think more of a pro is pro. He's a little less childish. I still remember like, Losing a game once because he like the, the when he caught the touchdown and he threw oh, it out of bounds on yeah. the one yard line. Yeah, I think I lost that game. Yeah, <laughs> because do. of that. I remember the play. Um, or or did he
0: hold it? Was he the guy that held it back at the goal line, kind of taunting a uh, defender, he, he, and he's got the ball swatted? I out don't remember team. that him okay. doing that. It might but, not have been Jackson, but
1: but uh, um, yeah. The uh, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm misremembering this we don't need to get into the battle the, the, okay. <laughs> we can talk afterwards we can talk afterwards but i think i ended up winning the game because i also had the running back that ran that one in so the uh uh so he's basically undrafted like in a scratch league no one wants him no one sees anything because he was hurt all last year he came in he played one game that game was like 154 yards it was a huge massive game and it's because carson wentz is actually a really good deep ball thrower he he's the one really talented guy in that team i don't include alshon jeffrey in that in that discussion he blows up and then he gets hurt and he basically doesn't play the rest of the year i think um could you have a repeat of that well now we've got rager coming in here but i don't think rager is ready to go um I think he's a guy you have to wait on a little bit. I think he's also really talented, but I think he's just not going to be a guy that's going to come in and instantly be the number one wide receiver. Arcego Whiteside, I think, is is not ready for prime time if he's ever going to be ready for prime time. Um, And uh, looked at his history, Um, Deshaun had a fast start in Tampa in 2018. Declined, I think he had like three or four hundred yard games in his first four or five weeks. And then he had one later on the rest of the year. Um, and that's kind of been a pattern for him is where he starts strong and then he kind of fades. And you get see a lot of these games where it's like three catches for 34 yards. And, and like, and I think if I'm going for Deshaun Jackson, it's like, I'm getting him to trade him. So if you can get him for almost nothing, cause he's basically free. If you can sign him and then after about three weeks, Trade him to somebody. After he has a couple of hundred and twenty yard yeah, games. Yeah, he's at two starts at two weeks with hundred and twenty yards. Yeah, then trade him because the odds that he's gonna finish out that season at that same pace are, are basically approaching zero. But I do think there's a good chance that he's gonna start really hot. I think that offense is looking primed and ready to go, and he's gonna be the number one guy, uh, at least at the beginning of the year.
0: I already expressed my love for Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, he's 33 this year. Undying love. I he's just so good. He's a really good NFL receiver. Uh, obviously, we're talking fantasy, so the question is, does he still have it? Um, he's in a new offense this year, a dynamic offense with an excellent quarterback. He's for sure the wide receiver two on that team. He's not ever gonna flirt with wide receiver one with Michael Thomas around there. But he's come back from his Achilles injury. He still looks explosive. Um, and he did put me over the top for a championship one year, and that's part of the reason that I love. <laughs> but Sanders. he did not put
1: me over the top for top for a championship. Although I had him last year when I won, um, he he basically had he was really inconsistent. Um, he started out super hot, and then when he went to San Francisco. It, it, you never knew he was a little bit like Deshaun Jackson, which is not really what his game has been over the course of his career because he's been a really good route runner. But that's just kind of what you got out of him in a low volume offense like San Francisco. So, no, you don't want him. Well, no, I, I, I love him. And I'll tell you, I, I love him. I know you love him. I'll tell you why I love him. He's going from a, the low volume offense to a super high volume offense. Uh, with a quarterback who's trying to set records, he's going to the most efficient. He's the most efficient quarterback in the NFL. He's going to be going up against number two uh, cornerbacks, and I see him as he's going to eat. He's going to eat. He's going to be the perfect complement, and I think Breeze is out. Breeze might. I, I've already told you what I thought about Breeze this year, but Breeze might flirt with eighty percent completion rate when he can throw to MT or um, or Emmanuel Sanders. So. He's super like in a scratch league because this is kind of a scratch league question. We're talking looking for one year plays, right. right? He's behind Cooks, Brandon Cooks, mm-hmm. Concussion Cooks, mm. Hollywood Brown, Julian Edelman, uh, Hardman, right? You got him, don't um, you? Yeah, uh, Slayton, right? So these are all guys that you may or may not like some of these players long term but that was in a scratch league. There's no way I would take any of those players over Emmanuel Sanders this year in that offense. Um, d- Dynasty wise, he, he, you can have him for basically the same price. You can get Josh Gordon who isn't even in the NFL. <laughs> so, uh, so I, I just, I think that the the concern is that it's been a long time. In fact, maybe ever, that Drew Brees in New Orleans has featured a, a second wide wide receiver, um, but I, I think he's going to cut into Michael Thomas's numbers a little bit. Um, which is, there's going to be plenty of numbers to go around, right? Um, yeah, you so, don't have to worry about Michael Thomas. And I see him as a as a real high floor, maybe a low ceiling. I don't see him ever being a top. He's not going to be like a top six wide receiver, but I see him as a high floor guy in that offense. Like he's just going to be consistently pretty good the entire year and you're going to be really happy with having him on your team
0: right now maybe the opposite end of the spectrum with that we'll talk about A.J. Green next 32 years old Um, when he's on the field he's one of the best receivers in the NFL he's had trouble staying healthy for sure I mean that's the issue with A.J. Green he missed all of last year Um, he another Minus for this guy is he might be more expense might be more expensive to acquire. I feel like people are really down on AJ
1: Green to be honest with you. I think push comes to shove they are, but I do think that his name is so big. You know, there's probably a lot of people who have had him and have had him for most of their his career, who just don't want to let him go. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, it it's probably a league by league thing he's going to be a guy that's available or not available but in most auction uh, situations the price is set at what one other guy is willing to pay so it's not it's not like what everybody it's not the consensus what it's just what this other so if, you, if there's one guy in your league that loves aj green like i love aj green you might not be able to get him cheap but he still might be worth it
0: yeah, I mentioned his injuries. Can I go through his injuries? Yes. Sean?
1: Oh, so, you, you, you. I see you've gone back a ways.
0: Well, I did. I uh, was able to do a little bit of research here, and uh, I also love AJ Green, so I just kind of dug in a little bit. So going back to Kyle,
1: you were in the Boundary Waters with with Bjorn, with Dr. Westgard, right? So did he yes. just ha- have? Did you go through all of his injuries with with Bjorn and say, no. <laughs> tell me about his his uh, his lung bruise? <laughs> No, that's
0: one of the things about the Boundary Waters that makes it so great is you literally can't get,
1: there's no signal There's, no, there's there. no internet, Yeah, no,
0: no. But uh, so going back uh, through A.J. Green's career, all the way back to college, he's had 11 different injuries. And some of these, you just mentioned one, Sean, just sound awful. Um, so in order, he's had a lung bruise. A shoulder sprain that sound like
1: a real injury by right
0: the way. I know shoulder sprain a knee strain I don't even know what that is turf toe bruised bicep a concussion a tailbone bruise that's the one thing that makes me feel like crying is when I hurt my tailbone uh, in terms of pain anyway he's had a hamstring tear
1: oh, God. that sounds awful
0: a groin pull oh no thank you uh, a toe sprain and then the high ankle sprain that kept him out of the season last
1: year which we, which Dr. Westgard did talk about the high ankle sprain and it sounds like a terrifying injury because it's it's not what you think of when you think of spraining your ankle it's it's like your 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 ligaments tearing
0: it, vertically, it, yeah, like extends up all the way into your knee, really. Right. Which is why when you hear high ankle sprain, these players can be out forever. If you haven't listened to that injury episode with Doctor uh, Westgard, Bjorn Westgard, our, our buddy, um, it, I really feel like when I read about these injuries now, I have a way better
1: insight. Yeah, it's a of, base of knowledge. Yeah, that of like is... what's going on with these guys, and it was really interesting to talk to him about. I definitely these have more empathy. For oh, yeah. for some of these things, I, you know, some of these things, you know, sound like oh, bruised bicep. You know, I've gotten a bruise, whatever. But I mean, like, I'm sure that these are all significant injuries, for sure. And
0: the thing, I guess, the reason I even brought it up is like he's not like re-injuring a right knee no. that
1: always gets hurt. Like he's, he's not serious, guys. He's finding new and inventive ways. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 like a Mad Libs thing or something where where you where you like. Name a body part and then, like, name a thing that ha- can could happen to it. Right? And
0: it's and that's happened to A.J. Green.
1: Right. Yeah. Right,
0: right. Which is – I hope he just stays healthy this year. He's a great football it's player.
1: Earlobe pull. Yes.
0: <laughs> All right. Should we move on, Sean?
1: Well, so oh, we didn't what, ever... what's the conclusion? I mean, for me, the conclusion is is on a points-per-game basis, he's been – forgetting last year, he didn't play last year, but – so you look at him and people, people – the reason why people might forget about him is because his last – really good season was way back in 2015 right but even since then if you look at a points per game basis wide receiver six wide receiver 14 wide receiver 15 and that those aren't bad numbers you just can't my my take on him is I don't expect the injuries to stop but if you can stand to have you if you can pair him with a with what like Emmanuel Sanders a guy that is a a high, uh, high floor guy. Um, then it's a, it's perfect because the situation is is you might when he plays you're probably going to get a wide receiver one or wide receiver two, and when he doesn't play you put somebody else in and off your bench.
0: Sanders, Sanders, hopefully. yeah, yeah. Another couple of guys that might be on your mind in terms of that lottery ticket for winning your championship uh, are Antonio Brown and Josh Gordon. We actually feel split between these guys, Antonio Brown, we feel, does have the potential to win you a championship. As you know, he's suspended the first eight weeks of the season. It actually could be up to nine or ten weeks because of how the suspension was handed down um, in terms of games versus weeks, but I won't get into that too much right now. But assuming he does sign somewhere, he has league-winning potential. Josh Gordon, on the other hand, we feel like even if he does sign somewhere, he just has not been consistent since coming back. He's not a high-volume guy. It's chasing fools gold to go after Josh Gordon.
1: Right. But, but what I think is gold gold, mm-hmm. Golden Tate. Oh, nice.
0: Well, that was a really good segue.
1: I know. I just made that up. Um, yeah, gold gold, Golden Tate. Here's the thing. Uh, people forget about Golden Tate. Why? Because he's not, he's not a sexy guy, right? Um, and uh even though he's got a great name really he just has a great name but here's the thing he only played 11 games last year people forget why i forgot why he got suspended because of like the the ped suspension which he said was like fertility treatment because he and his wife were trying to have a baby either way he wasn't really he didn't miss all those games because of injury he missed those games because of suspension and that's not really in his character golden tate is by all accounts, a pretty good dude. So here's the thing. Um, on a points per game basis, I I did half point PPR. Um, he finished wide receiver 28. Uh, that's not too bad. Um, it was better than some guys that people are really excited about, like Preston Williams or DK Metcalf or Mike Williams or Adam Thielen or OBJ (laughs) or, or Hollywood Brown, who people think is good on a points per game basis. It's quite a list. Yeah, it's quite a list. So he's better than that. So, um, I started looking at why he's good Now People always think of him as kind of a uh, catch the ball close to the line of scrimmage kind of a guy and it, it, it bears out. He has had the most yards after catch in the NFL over the past five seasons by a lot, like almost double anybody else's. So that to me means that you can generate your own yardage. You're less dependent upon having a great quarterback and, um, so that t- makes me like golden Tate comparing with the other New York Giants wide receivers, which is interesting because they're all finished very similar to each other in terms of total production. Um, for a guy that has such great yards, uh, after the catch, he has m- his, his a dot, his depth of target was better than Sterling Shepard's. So he's starting out with the ball deeper and he's getting twice as yards, twice the yards of him anyway. Um, so I just see him as the guy to own in New York if you want somebody who can be productive consistently. Um, he did have a little bit of unusual t- touchdown production. He had six touchdowns in 11 games. That's actually not that unusual. It's not like a bizarre number, like five re- receiving touchdowns by running back in the Baltimore offense. But, <laughs> but... Um, but it, it, he might not get he might get six touchdowns in 16 games this this, this season but that still doesn't mean he's not worthwhile because i think he's going to be that offense is going to improve i think daniel jones is going to feel more comfortable um and he's free and he's free you, you like you, i went and looked him up you he he doesn't cost anything to get so um i see him as for sure if you need a wide receiver three. Like a wide receiver two, wide receiver three, kind of a guy. Uh there's no reason why he can't be that guy. Um, and if you can get him for almost nothing, go get him.
0: All right. We'll move into tight ends. Um Jason Witten. Yeah, move along. Okay. Greg Olson uh, going back to uh Seattle. Nah, no, thirty five year old Greg Olson.
1: Yeah. Um you know they've got a lot of things in, in uh in that offense. Um, I don't see him as being a guy who's going to have enough volume to do anything. Will Disley, they just an, a, announced that he was avoiding the pup. Um, he's had, uh, he had a significant injury, he had an Achilles tear, which is something we should have asked Dr. Westgard about, but next time. Yeah. Next time we'll save some injuries. We should get the list from, uh, from AJ. From Green, AJ- Right. <laughs> and just go, tell me about the lung bruise. <laughs> right. <laughs> we could just use that as the template for the show. Um, so I just don't see, there's a lot of mouths to feed and most of them have initials, right? DK, maybe AB or JG, um, Tyler Lockett, TL. How does that count? I don't know. I mean, you can do it. I don't know if he actually goes by that. No, I don't think <laughs> he goes by but I see him as like a tight end three
0: move on. All right. Uh, I know you like this next guy, Sean, Jared Cook,
1: 33 year old tight end for, uh, the Saints. And we covered him before, so I'm not going to go too far into that. The only thing that I would add, um, he he had, I think he's got two big question marks. One, what is, look at his his numbers were some comically high touchdown percentage and very, very, very high yards per reception. So he was extremely productive with low volume. Um, will, when I see numbers like that, I tend to think they're going to regress a little bit. Emmanuel Sanders um, I think that hurts Michael Thomas's numbers um, more than cooks but I, I don't know that you could say that for sure um, there's only X number of targets that can be divided right so
0: right and I kind of I kind of lean the other way
1: I, I just feel like Michael Thomas is gonna get his and, and I, I can't say you're wrong on that I just I look at where I expect to find them on the field and I and I I see Sanders and Michael Thomas both being guys that catch the ball pretty close to the line of scrimmage with a nice out move or in move or something like that. And cook, they were using with deep shots down the field. And I see that, uh, continuing. I just don't know. They're going to continue at that rate. Right. That's kind of unusual to have your tight end being your deep guy. It is. He's, but he's always been super athletic. That's never like the, the knock on him has never been that. It's just been consistency. So, I, I see him, if you need a tight end one, he's a guy that you could, you could it's worth investing in him, but you be prepared for plan B. I still think even if all those negative things happen, he's still going to be a low-end tight end one probably, high-end tight end two. I don't see him being a total bust, but a total bust though, Jimmy Graham. Yeah, speaking of total busts. yeah, uh, It's been so long since he's been important. He had the huge money contract out of Chicago. It's another in a long line of decisions made in the Windy City. Players, fantasy football players, from my perspective, go there to die. Uh sorry if you are an owner of uh Montgomery or somebody like that. But I just uh, he has not looked right in several years. If you can't be productive with uh Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, you're probably not gonna be productive with Foles or Trubisky.
0: All right, and our last tight end, Rob Gronkowski. Yeah,
1: you and talking, I might differ on this guy. I like him. uh Oh, the big <laughs> sigh.
0: <laughs> uh, I I look at your numbers and I think you make good arguments. Hmm. There's just some I just kind of he bugs you. I, he doesn't bug me necessarily, but I, uh, it's just a guy I, I. I don't know.
1: I just don't want him on my team, and I don't even know why. Well, we could skip him because he actually doesn't qualify. Because for tight ends, we said thirty-three years or older. The only reason I put him on this list is because I don't expect him to play any longer than Tom Brady plays, which is why he's a short-term play.
0: Well, for for sure, let's hear what you got. I know you. I know you checked some things out about Kankowski. So, we can
1: share okay, that. Okay, so people know he was great. I think people don't realize exactly how great though. Like if you go back over his career. He's been the tight end number one, like the tight end number one, more years than he has not been the tight end one. Not a tight end one. No, the number one guy. Right. And then he was the tight end two and a tight end three. So he was either tight end one, tight end two, or tight end three every single year after his rookie year when he was tight end 12 or 13 until 2018 when he was still tight end number eight. And some of those years when he was tight end number one, he was two or three points better than the second guy. So he per game per game, like just way better. I don't expect him to be the tight end one this year. I don't know that he'll get that volume. I think people think he's broken down. Um, but and I think that's why you can get him for a relatively reasonable price. He's not a long-term play. I've heard some stuff like, well, he's going to this new offense and he's, they've got some, the, look at the weapons they have at receiver, right? That's a, that's probably a, a, a real common take. Is that I don't think they don't think that he can produce when you've got on the field with with Mike Evans and, and Chris Godwin, but it's Brady throwing the ball. It's Brady throwing the ball, and I I, I think the player that's in greatest danger is um, actually Mike Evans because because I don't think Brady has really um, used an outside receiver effectively since Randy Moss. But I will say, if you go back to 2017, the Patriots had Brandon Cooks at the peak of his skills, mm-hmm. Josh Gordon coming back from suspension, who looked pretty good, and Julian Edelman. That's a pretty good wide receiver core. Yeah. Gronk still finished as the number one tight end in the league that year. Yeah. So um, for me, if I'm trying to win a championship this year, I want Gronk on my team. Now, there is some risk. The risk is, well, they have... Multiple I like actually got three tight ends on that team. Um, maybe they're going to not play Gronk much during the regular season and save him for the playoffs. Ultimately, I do expect um, – um, I don't think they can just flip a switch and he's just going to come in, and, and I think he's got to play during the season. So I, I, I see him as a, a low-floor, high-ceiling guy. So you would want to maybe pair him with a safer second – tight end but if you are really shooting for the moon and you want a guy who just could come in and just win you a championship i think Gronk is a really good place to put your money
0: and do you think
1: uh adp
0: he's going around what tight end 13 14 somewhere in there yeah do you think he might not come cheap then in terms of salary or trade, I think Titan
1: See, I see tight end thirteen, fourteen is actually being pretty low. I okay. Mean, he's he, he's probably it is every league is going to be a little bit unique as to as to what else is available, but none of those guys that are like are in that same range are guys that you can see being the top or top three tight end. They're just they're not going to break into the the Ertz, uh, Kelsey um, group. I think he can. I think there's if you want a guy that might be one of those guys on the on the cheap, I'd say on the cheap, then then roll the dice, cause at least the upside is high enough.
0: All right. You are invited to join our community on Facebook. It's called the Steel Pod, as in Steel of the Draft. We are also on Twitter. I'm at Steel Pod.
1: And I'm at SteelPod Sean.
0: Alright, thanks for listening today. We look forward to next time. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group and follow us on Twitter at SteelPod.